Welcome back to the Connect Podcast. I'm Derek Miller, Senior Pastor at River Valley Christian Fellowship. And with me today in studio, i.e. the family room, (laughs) right? uh, is Logan Miller, our worship director. Welcome, Logan. Hello, hello. And Good he's the back. producer of this uh, podcast every week, uh, although we don't always let him speak. True. Uh, I stole a microphone this week. We had a third guest, and uh, I made sure that they thought it was tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and also with us again is Mike Dean, our children's ministry director. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, sir. It's good to be here. Hey, uh, you guys are wrapping up a quite a crazy school year. Uh, maybe it was a little crazier for one of you more than the other. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but Logan, you you teach out at the uh, Kankakee Area Career Center. That's right. Multimedia production to high school students. Uh, tell us what the Career Center is, first of all. So the Career Center is a vo- vocational school for juniors and seniors of our area. Uh, so we take students from Crete Money, which is basically South Chicago, all the way down to Iroquois West. Um, so we get lots of different people. So how many schools is that? 17. 17 schools. schools yeah. About how many students? Uh, we see around through? 800 a day. Okay. So about 800 students come in. And so they get to a choice of, of what kind of vocation they want to pursue. There's right. law enforcement. There is cosmetology, there's drafting, there's automotive. Yep. CNA, early childhood education, engineering, um, computer technology, Uh, lots of stuff. Fire rescue. Fire rescue, yep. And and then they, yours yours is like the newest of of the programs, right? Uh, And it's multimedia production. Multimedia production. Yeah. So so, uh, how's the year? I mean, you're wrapping it up uh, here in just a couple of weeks. What's your what's your impressions? You ready? You ready for this thing to be over? Uh huh. Yeah. So so this is my second year being a high school educator, uh, but last year was trimmed a little bit short because of quarantine and everything else. Um, I didn't see students after March, I think fifteenth last year. I never saw any of those students again, unless they came back um, as seniors this year. Some of my juniors from last year I had about ten of them stick around and take the second year. So that was really cool. Um, so this is my first experience, kind of. Uh, senioritis <laughs> on the other side, um, which is, uh, which is making me a little ready as well. So did yeah. you find that that season from March to now is their most productive part um, of the year? You know, shockingly, no. <laughs> uh, what I learned is that, uh, that's weird. Yeah. Nobody cares. It seems if they're a senior from like February <laughs> yeah. to about this week. <laughs> And then they really care. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. it becomes very important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, suddenly they realize, uh, yeah, I didn't turn that in. I didn't or turn that, that in. That, I didn't I turn that, that in. Test. I haven't been here since like, I don't know, April 12th. <laughs> right. Is that an issue, Mr. Miller? But yes. uh, the Career Center did a really nice job of keeping kids in school, uh, whereas other schools, you know, were yeah. not necessarily in session. Career Center from the very beginning uh, kept it going. Yeah, we were out for seven school days of the 2020-2021 school year. Wow. Seven, uh, which was shocking. Um, so, yeah, we worked really hard to, to keep all that moving. We applied all the mitigations. I've got a sprayer with a cleaning solution that I spray on everything <laughs> after every class. So forget about COVID. Just the uh, now they, they have to worry about chemical uh poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've seen some weird side effects, but uh, you know what? We got through it and we got through it. Yeah. So they, they kept it all going. Of course, they would identify students that had COVID and then they would have to, you know. Yeah, lots of quarantine. Quarant- I still have a kid out on quarantine. It, it, it's happened all year. It happened to one student four times 
And so you think that's 14 days per quarantine. So I didn't see a lot yeah. of him. So, so the <laughs> so really social kids, yeah. they were always out on quarantine. Well, and, and that's what it was for yeah. the most part. These uh, kids that were out still having a good time. And then they're like, hey, by the way, uh, you rode the bus next to this guy. And uh, well, it turns out you guys were together all weekend anyway. Uh, but you and everybody around you is going to be gone for the next two weeks. <laughs> right. Oh, what a crazy year. And Mike, you teach at Kankakee uh, Trinity Academy Christian School here in town and you've done that you're, you're not you are yeah. not a newbie like logan I, I am not you are a high Seasoned school veteran high I, school teaching veteran that's true i i, I don't know how long they it's have to tell me every time. year it's been a long time like 20 something years yeah yeah but 18 years 18 years full-time i think wow then, or something like that that's I don't incredible know. mike and then yeah a couple a couple classes a day now though yeah so so uh kt how they how they uh do with all of this now, they also did not uh, have to close for for uh, uh, this last school year. They were able to stay open almost the whole time. And Other, no, no masks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> s- sort of. <laughs> sort of no masks. Um, uh, no, they had to wear masks in the hallways when they were passing. Once they were social distanced in the class uh, for part of the year, they didn't have to wear masks at that point uh, at the school. Um but there were there were also some there were a lot of quarantine days as yeah. well. So lots of kids had to quarantine. Lots of I had to quarantine twice and uh, teach remotely. Yeah, to but my no, class. But nothing to do with school. It was no, uh, here yeah. at church. It was here. Yeah, yeah. I exposed you once. Yes, I put you in quarantine Speaking one time. Of social people I think because on the bus. of the podcast. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it was oh, the yeah. podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that and, and we were true. we were distanced, but I think September it was to, to be second safe. week yeah. of yeah. September we did the podcast, and then like two days later, I came became symptomatic. And yeah. uh, Mike, guess what? Yeah, yes. you're going home. I've had. An awful lot of exposures, <laughs> I feel like. Yes, you have. It's like your wife works in the healthcare industry or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so KTA got through it. Uh, you guys are wrapping up uh, yeah. the year too, and Yeah, we're wrapping up as well. It's been a, Actually, it's been a great year. Uh, just an exceptional group of kids. Great privilege to teach Bible. To, it's always a great privilege to teach Bible to them. And, and uh, you, know, you know, Logan, you've probably noticed this because uh, you've had two years now. Yeah. Right. Every class is not the same. No, not even a little bit. Right. And then, and then, so in a, in a, in a career, you, I think almost every teacher could look back and say, you know, I had these two or three just exceptional groups that just came along just providentially a group that was just Mm -hmm. unique and different and exceptionally maybe engaged or, and I actually, I had one of those groups this year. So it was kind of a great, well, that was a great year to have them. Yeah, it's yeah. been a great yeah. year to okay. have an exceptional group. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. So. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, congratulations, guys, on uh, enduring uh, and seeing how God was working through all of it uh, and protecting uh, both of you. Neither one of you had COVID. No. So, no. so uh, that I know we're of. thankful for that. And so uh, today we, we want to uh, change it up a little bit and talk about a subject that... Uh, of one of the sacraments of the church. And uh, we're going to talk about baptism today. And this coming Sunday, we have a baptism Sunday. So we have several people that are going to be baptized. And, and of course, depending on your church tradition, you may have varying perspectives and interpretations of what baptism is and how it's practiced within the church context. Uh, so I grew up uh, Methodist, when I, uh, as a young kid, and 
in Parkersburg, West Virginia. I attended the Evangelical Methodist Church there. And baptism was not something that was talked about that much. I can just vaguely remember as a kid, maybe one baptism Mm. taking place. It wasn't until uh, I I gave my life to Christ, accepted Jesus as my Savior at a pretty young age, but I wasn't baptized until later, maybe like five years later, in a borrowed baptismal, our church didn't have one. Uh, I think it was at a time of the year when we didn't do it in the, you know, out the pond or a river or something. And so we borrowed a baptismal one Sunday afternoon from another church, and I was baptized there. But uh, but baptism was not part of, at least part of our church context, was not really practiced all that much, and it wasn't emphasized very much, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Mike, what was your tradition? Well, I had a similar a similar background. Of course, oddly enough, our families come out of the same tradition. Yes, they do. Out of the evangelical Methodist and it's a small, tradition. it's a small denomination. It's tiny. But it's... yeah, both of us, yeah, have have that have those roots, but in different places. And and I never actually, although my family came out of the tradition, we never actually attended an evangelical Methodist church. My my father and 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 my brother and I did not. And so. Um, but a similar experience, though not a lot of not a lot of emphasis on baptism. Now I, we had baptisms. I saw plenty of baptisms, but I don't think until I was, you know, until I was teaching about baptism, uh, I I don't think I ever was really taught very much about baptism. It just wasn't. Uh, it was something you did. You understood that you were supposed to do it, but there wasn't a lot of conversation about uh, what it meant or wh- why uh, you. Would why, do it. why do you think that is? Why? Why did those Wesleyans not <laughs> talk about baptism? Was was it because they were, um, you know? Sometimes I, I wonder if it was a uh, a reaction to baptism as a work, and they wanted to be, you know, they don't want to see baptism as a as some kind of work that you work for your salvation or attached to salvation, and therefore it wasn't emphasized at all as a as important to uh, in following an obedience to the sacrament that God gave us in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, you know, it created a, in the, in the area we lived in, it created a real difference between the Southern Baptist tradition, which put a lot more emphasis upon uh, baptism and, and the tradition we were in. And those were kind of, at least in the areas we lived in, those were the two dominant traditions. That's right. Yeah. And so, and Logan, you were baptized as yeah. a, you were pretty young. I think I was a seventh or eighth grader, eighth grade at the oldest. Okay, not too young. Yeah, I wasn't too young. Uh, I remember being very excited for baptism. Uh, I remember watching your dad, my grandfather, baptize my brother at the old building. Uh, I remember that still, um, and getting to see that in our old baptismal over there, where you kind of had the glass and you could see the water come up and see it. So (laughs) the mural, yeah, Yeah. the mural in the background, Uh, nice, nice mountainous scene here in flat. Flatlands, farmland. Of I'm pretty Illinois. sure there was a river going through that mural. There was. And, it, was. Yeah, it was. Maybe it was. a little mountain. So I remember being very excited um, for that moment. And so that came. So we were in this building. Um, so I, that would have been 2007 or 2008. Uh, and and uh, my grandfather baptized myself and two of my cousins in the same service at a Sunday night service. Um, and it was awesome. It yeah, was awesome. I, I remember being elated about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a great celebration, great celebration. So you know, we come from uh, different backgrounds. At least Mike and I, uh, where was it? It was kind of de-emphasized in in many ways. 
though it was practiced, but in, in my case, it was practiced rarely, very rarely. Uh, but uh, here at River Valley, we, we do practice baptism uh, on a regular basis. We, do, we offer an opportunity for baptism several times a year. Uh, and and we believe, you know, we believe that it should be something that people uh, people follow in uh, and follow Jesus' example and His command also to be to be baptized. Uh, and of course, in the New Testament, we we open up the New Testament and we find this this <laughs> this guy named John, the <laughs> baptizer, out in the wilderness, and he is you know he's wearing camel's hair and eating crazy stuff, and he's kind of a standout. Looks sort of like, you know, one of those Old Testament prophets, probably. And he was a standout, and, but he had a, he had a message that he was proclaiming, and the message was what? Repent. Repent and be baptized. And be baptized. <laughs> and uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. And so he was baptizing in the Jordan River. Uh, uh, I've had the privilege of baptizing people in the Jordan River in Israel, mm-hmm. which is... Awesome. Uh, Mike, you were there uh, last uh, in 2020, actually, January yeah. 2020. We took a trip to Israel and had a, a, a moment where we both baptized people that were uh, being baptized for the first time. And then people were remembering their baptize, yeah, uh, was remembering really cool. their baptisms in the Jordan River. Uh, and so, so John was baptizing in the Jordan. People were flocking receiving his message, believing it to be true, and then following, following uh, the, the association with his, of his message to say, we will be baptized. We believe what John is saying is, is true. They're identifying with, with that message and associating themselves with it, and so they were being baptized. Yeah, several of Jesus' disciples would have been baptized by John, probably. Yes, um, because yes, they, they started as disciples of John. Yes, so, they did. Mm-hmm. They did, and and of course, then Jesus. We we see in Matthew and Mark uh, the the uh, Jesus the account of Jesus being baptized by John uh, in the Jordan River, and so Jesus comes uh, to to John, and and so then we have to ask the question though: uh, if Jesus is without sin. And the message is repent. Then why is Jesus being baptized, Mike? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking me that, Derek. <laughs> so what is he doing? I mean, I mean, he doesn't need to be baptized in the same way that others are being baptized. So what is happening there? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that, how to answer that question. He set an example for us. It also was an important moment because he revealed the nature of God in that moment in a really unique way because um, uh, the Father was present and mm-hmm. the Spirit was present in the form of a dove, and then Jesus the Son was present. So it's a very important moment Absol- to absolutely. reveal the nature of God uh, to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I don't I don't know uh, yeah, what so, other reason. So the uh, you know the the thing that Jesus was doing, I believe, was he was identifying with John's message and saying, "This is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true." And in fact, you know, of course, John said, "There's one coming after me." He was the forerunner, right? That was prophesied uh, before the Messiah. John was that forerunner, proclaiming that one was coming 
that would baptize with yeah with <laughs> with the holy spirit yes with fire right and so so jesus is coming and I, I he's coming not because he has sins to repent of but he is identifying with john's message that it is in fact true what john is saying is true and he's associating himself with that message and of course he will then when he begins his own ministry it's the same message he's telling he's also telling and proclaiming repent for the kingdom of god is here and so but he did not baptize but he did not uh, although uh in john i think it's john chapter 4 it says that he bapt it says he baptized more than any more than john baptized mm-hmm. so that had to have been a lot of people but then it says although jesus did himself did not baptize his disciples yeah. baptized uh, so Jesus didn't baptize anyone. Um, and so he is setting us an example for for baptism. But let's talk, let's talk for just a second about what the actual meaning is, because the, the actual word, the Greek word bab, baptism or baptize is baptizo, which literally means to immerse or to plunge or to dip. Uh, you know, the same word, you know, if you were talking about a ship that sank. It would be baptizo. The ship was immersed. It sunk. It plunged into the deep. Uh, And the same thing if you're dyeing cloth. You know, you put the cloth under the dye, you plunge the dye, you baptizo the dye in so that it it saturates the cloth. And so when we're talking about baptism, we're talking about really immersion. The actual word means to immerse in, in water. And so, so that's actually uh, what it literally means. But what is the meaning, what is the spiritual, theological meaning of baptism? Well, there's a, I mean, there's a couple meanings, I think, mm-hmm. that are important. Um, but one of them is it represents the removal of sin or the washing away of sin that accompanies repentance. And so, and so you know, the word... Uh, when I teach this to kids, I often explain the word baptismo to submerge and use clothes mm-hmm. washing as a as an example that you you put those things in there and it's part of cleansing them or, or mm-hmm. so as a symbol to represent the um, washing away of sin, but it was also a picture or of what Christ was going to do of of death and resurrection. So mm-hmm. it also it also reminds us of what uh, Christ did for us and the victory he had over uh, sin and death and the victory that we can have because of him. That's right. uh, Over victory, over sin and death. So that's right. So when you immerse, yes, there is a symbolic, we want to make sure that we say that it's symbolic of washing away sin. Mm -hmm. The actual act of baptism does not wash away your sins. Uh, But it it is a symbolic of something that's already taken place. Right that Jesus has already cleansed us of all unrighteousness uh, through salvation. Therefore, baptism is a symbolic, it's a, it's a symbol of, of that, uh, what is already he's done inside of us. Uh, but you're right, also immersion is a picture, it's an illustration, right, of death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, and no other mode of baptism actually gives us that. Yeah, uh, pouring doesn't do that. Sprinkling doesn't do that. Only immersion gives us the this the illustration of death. You're going under the water, burial, and then resurrection, new life. 
right? And so here at River Valley, we, we baptize by immersion for that reason, based on the actual meaning of the word, the way it was practiced in the scriptures we see, uh, that's how it's described yeah. uh, by is, is immersion. Now, if somebody can't physically be immersed, uh, pouring water over their head doesn't mean they're less baptized. It, it's the same thing. It's, it's, but, but we want to follow the, the biblical pattern as, as closely as we can, as we, as we see it and interpret it. And you do lose part of the symbolism uh, if you can't do it in that way, if you can't, if you can't immerse someone. So That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so, of course, Jesus, uh, at the end of his ministry, he, he commands before his ascension, after his resurrection, and before his ascension, he uh, tells his disciples, what? What's the go, Great Commission? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a requirement. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a command that he offered. So he gives us the example, and he follows, he follows what John started in, and of course, this was practiced earlier when people were associating converting, you know, baptism or a ceremonial washing was usually uh, present in that in that ritual. Uh, but Jesus continues that practice within his own ministry, uh, and then commands us to baptize. And so he's given us the command to to baptize. So, and what does he say? Make disciples. Go make disciples, believers, followers, and baptize them mm-hmm. in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so on the, on the day of Pentecost, of course, we see baptism break out in a big way and people associating with Jesus for the first time as, as Lord, as Savior, as Messiah. And of course, Acts chapter 2, this is the day of Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday is coming up uh, in two weeks, by the way. Uh, May twenty third, and so we have we have Peter preaching that that fantastic sermon in Luke chapter two, and people uh, it says Luke says they were cut to the heart after Peter declares the identity of Jesus and the fact that they <laughs> they mm-hmm. were complicit in his death, and they they were cut to the heart and they say to Peter they ask what must we do, and what does Peter say? Repent. And be that sounds interesting. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Same thing John was saying, yeah. same thing Jesus was saying. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 baptisms that day. 3,000 baptisms? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Man, I would have oh, loved to see that. Come on, Lord. A come on, Lord. I mean, we don't baptism. have. We don't even have. We don't have. What you know? Ten. Yeah. I mean, Woo. we we uh, we celebrate every bad. We don't. I don't care if there are one or two or three. We celebrate every one as yeah. if there were three thousand. Yeah. And but three thousand would be awesome what a, to be a part of. What a great know? day! And so you think about that, Mike. You and I have stood on the southern steps of the of the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. Uh, these would have been the steps that the disciples and Jesus and Paul and others would have ascended up to the temple, and before you went up to the temple, there were uh, what's called mikvahs, and yeah. mikvahs were for what? For ceremonial washing. They're, they're pools uh, with stairs into them for ceremonial washing, and there's a lot of them. There's like, a lot of them. A lot of them. That's right. So when you're doing a, when you're, you know, when there's Passover festivals or there's other festivals, uh, people coming into Jerusalem, you got to have a lot of mikvahs to, uh, to, you know, people walk through those mikvahs. Mm-hmm. They ceremonially wash before they ascend 
uh, into the temple courts. And so on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people are saved. Yeah. Jordan River is not close. No. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not close. But what is close? Yeah. All those mikvahs. All the mikvahs are close. That was one of my great lessons from Israel, because that's never the picture I had of, mm-hmm. of how that would have worked out. But it fits perfectly yes. when you're there and see it. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm a believer. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples, right, in the upper room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Filled them with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages. People it tra- attracted a crowd, but it's the upper room. Uh, you know, these are these are uh, narrow streets. Very narrow. Very, very narrow, very narrow streets. streets. Can't fit a lot of people in there. I believe that the whole thing spilled out into the temple courts, and I, I kind of, uh, you know, when you're there, you see how much sense it makes mm-hmm. for perhaps even Peter's sermon to have taken place there in the temple courts or the southern steps, and then. They respond, and right there's water. Right down the stairs uh, is are the all these mikvahs, and the bapt- for the baptisms to take place on the temple temple court there uh, seems to be fit the scripture. Oh, and it was a common place to teach mm-hmm. uh, and speak. It anyway. was anyway. I, I think yeah. Jesus taught there. Yeah, and having been there, you can see it, fit, it makes sense. There, there you can fit three thousand people. Yeah. So, but we have, you know, just the, the picture of it when you're standing there, like this, yeah, I can see Pentecost could have happened yeah. right here, or at least the, you know, sometimes we always think all of this happened in the upper room and the streets just right outside the upper room, uh, but uh, you can't fit 3,000 people in those streets. Uh, so, but you can the temple. Yeah. You can the temple courts. So, so they were, they were baptized. So they believed... They believed in what Peter was saying. Peter proclaimed the good news to them, the gospel. They believed and they were baptized that day. Right then. Right then, that day. <laughs> there was no class. There was no baptism class. Uh, we, we offer a baptism class, uh, but uh, there was no baptism class. It was repent. If you've repented, if you've trusted in Jesus, then he says, then be baptized publicly because this is what baptism, you know, we talked about its meaning, but it's, it's a public profession, right? It's a, it, it symbolizes, yes, death, burial, resurrection, uh, symbolizes cleansing of sin, but it is a public profession that I'm making that I am identifying with Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I'm resolved to follow him all of my days. And so, so they, uh, so baptism, that's, that's how it was practiced in the in the early church. They believed and baptized. They were believed and they ba- they were believed. And they ba- <laughs> so, for instance, uh, Acts chapter eight twelve. When they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts eighteen eight. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Acts chapter sixteen. We see the amazing count of uh, remember Paul and Silas sharing the gospel. Yeah with the jailer in Philippi, when he, the jailer, he and his family heard the gospel, they believed and were baptized. Galatians chapter 3, verses 36, uh, and uh, yeah, 3, 26, 27. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. 
And so the pattern that we see throughout the, the New Testament, throughout Jesus' ministry and the early church was baptism followed belief. Yeah. Baptism followed. Now, there are church traditions, of course, that uh, interpret those things differently than we do. Uh, we practice what's called believer's baptism at River Valley. So we believe that a, a child or you know a, an adult should uh, first be saved. They should have uh, repented of sin, trusted in Christ, and then follow in baptism. There are other traditions that practice that differently, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, a number of traditions baptize children. Roman Catholic tradition and Orthodox traditions, Coptic tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the most ancient churches uh, practice infant baptism. Anglican Church, Anglican Church, uh, Church of England. Yeah, um, and and then Reformed churches also uh, practice infant baptism, although they have a they have a different theological reason or explanation for doing that. Yes, yeah, it's a sign of covenant uh, between the parent and and God. And the child is is baptized as a sign of that covenant. Yeah. It's right? modeled after circumcision. So mm-hmm. so they, right. they they baptize in the same way that a Jewish family would have had their uh, son circumcised on the eighth day as a sign of the covenant. They 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 baptize as a sign of the covenant. That's children. right. And so so there are varying traditions uh, that practice baptism sometimes uh, through as in infancy, and then sometimes like we practice it. As believers, uh, we wait until someone. Now, now someone who is in like a Reformed tradition where they're baptized as a baby, or uh, it it doesn't mean that 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 child is receiving forgiveness of sin. They they believe that that child there there's a usually a confirmation process mm-hmm. that follows that later, where they will make a public profession of their faith in front of their congregation uh, later mm-hmm. on. But that sign of covenant through baptism is happens when they're in, when they're an infant. Yeah. And so uh, we here uh, at River Valley, we practice uh, baby dedication more more so the dedication of parents. Yeah. To, uh, it, it's not, we call it baby dedication. That's kind of the tr- traditional uh, title for it. But it's it's primarily a uh, it's it's primarily a, a ceremony where the we're actually dedicating parents. Parents are dedicating themselves to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, in the instruction of the Lord, so that they will see the gospel lived out in home and hear the gospel and respond. Believe and And then then be be baptized. baptized. That's right. right. (laughs) That's right. And so we have some, we have some, uh, uh, three three uh, young guys getting baptized on Sunday. Pretty exciting. Uh, and they're like ten years old, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they, uh, have, you know, have trusted in Christ. They are able to communicate a confession of 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 faith in Christ, and so they they will be baptized on Sunday. And then we have some adults um, also being baptized. So so we practice uh, believers' baptism. Here, and that's how we kind of uh, see it uh, in the and interpret it in the scriptures. That's how we see it described and prescribed. And of course, I would have some <laughs> pastor friends that would argue with me vehement, vehemently about about that. But we love them. Yeah, it, you know, we we love them. We we don't. Uh, we're not. We're not. Uh, we're not close-fisted completely uh, in that in those areas. We would be, however. We are close-fisted when it re- when it comes to, or we hold, you know, this this sacrament with a closed hand, 
if we're talking about the child being baptized for the forgiveness of sins. That that yeah. we do not see in Scripture um, at all. And so we, we would not uh, hold to that belief at all. Yeah. Baptism does not impart salvation on on the person, the act of baptism does not impart salvation. That would be, that would be salvation through works. That would mean it was just this thing we had to do in order to be saved. And that is not what scripture teaches. No, it is not. Uh, We do not see that anywhere in, uh, in the scriptures. You know, it's interesting in the early church, Mike, you know, sometimes we forget that there were centuries uh, (laughs) that happened prior to the reformation. Especially we evangelicals forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, now, our Orthodox brothers and sisters do not forget they do these not things. Forget that. <laughs> uh, and our Anglican brothers and sisters do not forget either. But we have, but there are centuries uh, from first century up through uh, that there were things happening. And I'm thankful for those, boy, you know, some of those councils that took mm-hmm. place to, to kind of beat back some of the heresy that was taking place uh, to. Uh, you know, to purify the doctrine of the church and to make sure what was passed down was actually what the scriptures uh, teach. And so uh, there is something that maybe you as a listener have, have never heard before, and, and that's okay. But it's uh, from the first, we, we believe it was written probably in the, around the end of the first century, early second century perhaps, and it's called the Didache. The Didache was essentially a church manual. Mm-hmm. that was used in the early church. And so they had certain things within the Didache prescribing how the practice of sacraments were supposed to be implemented in the church. And uh, for instance, in the early church, you did not get to partake. And of course, this is true in, in many churches, uh, not so ours <laughs> yet. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but if you weren't baptized, you weren't you did yeah. not receive Eucharist or communion or Lord's Supper. You didn't do that. You had to wait until you were baptized. So so baptism was f- very much a entrance into uh, there was salvation, and then baptism was a symbolic of of entering into the body of Christ, yeah. the church, and then you would you would receive. In fact, uh, sometimes with the church you family. were even. You, you even remain physically separate from the rest of the believers until until your baptism happened. You, that's right. You that's sat right. separately. Yeah, many times the uh, you were actually uh, dismissed from the service prior mm-hmm. to, and, and many times those were dismissed and, and taken into what uh, became more formulated, uh, the catechumenate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were these catechumens that would come and they would gather and they would receive instruction. And then after that instruct that time of instruction took place over perhaps months or even longer, then they could be baptized. And then after baptism, they were they entered into the full fellowship of the church and would right. receive uh, communion. Uh, but the Didache, inter- interesting, it says, uh, again, this is from the first century. They developed this kind of liturgy. So people being baptized they had to recite the instruction back, okay? So, so you received the instruction, but then you had to be able to, it was like a, a verbal test you, you were placed under. We would never make it. No. no. <laughs> we never, man. No. So there was a process. That, that's the other thing. This is what's interesting because in Acts chapter 2, there's no process. Process is you're saved and then you're baptized, right? You believe and you're baptized. No process in between. But as the church went on, 
there was a process that was developed over time where there was form there there was a more formalized instruction formalized instruction mm-hmm. of the scriptures and the sacraments and what the church believed and then a person was baptized and received in uh, and received communion uh, as a, as a as a, as the end, at the end of that process but uh, and i find it very very interesting the the catechumenate was really developed i think primarily because they were very interested in making sure a person, first of all, was saved. And when there was persecution that broke out, that they would not fold under that persecution. So they, they, they wanted to make sure they were protecting the purity of the church by ensuring that the person that was being baptized was, in fact, a follower of Jesus. And, and being so, they instructed them uh, and so that when persecution came, and it did come for many of them, uh, they would not what they called lapse. Their, their, they would not, their faith would not lapse or they would not turn or they wouldn't fold under the pressure. And so uh, baptism also, the Didache talks about the baptism being uh, needs to take place in running water hmm. instead, of, instead of, you know, just a stagnant pool of water. Uh, so in running water, and also it, it says it should be done in cold water. <laughs> Man, our people would not be able to hack that, would they? Uh, although I've gotten in some baptismals that were in fact cold, that the heater did not work. Oh, yeah, I've been there before too. Uh, and I'm telling you what, the Jordan River in January was the coldest water I've ever <laughs> stepped foot in. It was absolutely frigid. Uh, but... So, so the Didache, you know, prescribes these things. Very interesting, isn't it? Um, and of course, the church has taken some of those things, and we we can we carry those on both those things that are outlined in the scriptures, uh, and also the the traditions that developed over over time. Yeah, it it a uh, uh, it demonstrates how important this was to believers um, that that. Uh, anytime you see something spelled out with that kind of care, it just shows that it had, it had great meaning to the people who were, who were practicing it. Right. And so that kind of comes back to the, the beginning of our conversation. Right. So interesting that you went from there, from people who, who took this so seriously and were so careful uh, to make sure it was done to, to people who didn't talk about it very much. Mm-hmm. Or who who barely practiced it, right? So it's, it's a strange. It is it is strange because the catechumenate in early you know in the patristic uh, period in the first six centuries of the church, uh, that catechumenate was a three year process. Mm-hmm. It was a three year process, and you had to have living references, you know, that would speak on your behalf to say yes, uh, I have watched this person's life, I've observed their life, I've shared life with them. I, they are a believer. And, and that process, I mean, it was a long, it was a long, this wasn't just a class. Uh, it, it is interesting, however, over time that the, the three years got shrunk down to the 40 days of Lent. Yeah. The Lenten season became the time of preparation for the catechumens and then baptism on Easter morning. And baptism on Easter morning happened evidently in cold water or running water, running cold water. <laughs> and also it happened at sunrise. So everything was very, very symbolic on at when somebody was 
the sun was rising. People would then turn to, they had their back to the sun. They would turn toward the sun. They would be baptized in the, in the name, of course, as the, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then it went from three years to 40 days and uh, now to sometimes a class. And sometimes it's, uh, it's spontaneous, like, yeah. like on the day of Pentecost. Have Absolutely. you believed? If you believed, then, then follow in baptism. Yeah, I think it's probably a mistake to belabor these things too much as well. Three years seems like a long, long time, doesn't it? Yeah, to withhold baptism, it seems like a long time. Uh, but, uh, but there is something to say to the fact that, you know, we want to baptize actual believers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, uh, you know, uh, to, to whatever degree we can discern that uh, and trust yeah. But, yeah, we're, and, we're, but God's sovereign over, over these well, things. And, when, and right. when, when Peter preached his sermon, I mean, this was just after Christ had been um, crucified. It was shortly after that. The disciples, until just before this, were still hiding That's right. Uh, in fear. So for somebody to profess faith and be baptized at that time, they were taking a great risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... That makes a difference when you're when you, when you're thinking through this. It was unlikely to be something that was a whim or that was not well considered because there was there was at least the uh, the the feeling that there was great risk involved. And in, yeah, because in, in two short chapters, uh, Peter and John are are pretty beat yeah. up by the religious uh, leaders there. Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> and interrogated and. Uh, and but uh, yeah, they they got a pretty good whooping yeah. uh, out I, of it. I think a person whose belief is not authentic is unlikely to take that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And uh, that's so. right. And that's why public profession is important. I mm-hmm. think, don't you? Oh, absolutely. So, so baptism, uh, we are we're grateful to celebrate it. We're grateful to ourselves individually to have experienced baptism in our spiritual journeys, and we encourage those of you that may be listening today that have believed on Christ but have not yet been baptized, uh, in your local church, uh, you should talk to your pastor and make, uh, make those arrangements to make that public profession before uh, God and your church family uh, of your faith in, in Jesus. And we look forward to uh, celebrating with those that God is going to uh, bring on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, together as a church family, uh, it is always a great, great celebration. It's one of my favorite days. One of my favorites as well. So thank you for listening today in our conversation regarding baptism. And we will look forward to uh, chatting again next week. Uh, and and we, uh, we want you to tell someone about this podcast. I, you know, I just, hey guys, I just heard somebody on Sunday uh, that came to our church. They haven't been here very long. Uh, and they said, Hey, we've been listening to the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they found the podcast Awesome. and they began attending the church. And so it's always not, it was always, it's always great to hear that people are listening. So if you're listening and you want to give us a review, uh, we would, we would take that. And if it's a good one, and we'd also love for you to subscribe uh, and tell someone about the Connect Podcast. So God bless you, and we'll see you next week.